Father, thank you for the, this day and this uh, reunion and uh, celebration of 75 years here at Wildwood. I'm grateful to see how your hand has led us in the past. And we're talking about how your, your plan for the future and, and advancing this work and finishing the mission of the church in this generation, using the right arm of the gospel and following the blueprint you've given to us, following our commander. Help us, Lord, to be unreservedly committed to following your will wherever you lead us and inspire us by the different testimonies we'll hear now. And um, we just pray that you'd help us to find our place in your work. We pray for those missionaries that are in the field now, overseas. And we also pray that you'd help us to be revived in our local missions, reaching communities close by. Help us, Lord, and we just pray for your blessing and your inspiration now. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, I want to introduce you folks to the Batista family. This is an example of a family that were working in a, thank you, working in Southern California in Loma Linda, working good jobs. They had a nice house, two kids, two, two young boys, and they just felt like their life was too easy. And, and they felt like they weren't doing enough for God's work. And so they left, their they left their jobs, they sold their house, they moved to Wildwood, and they spent two years here training. And then we called them to the mission field. Their, their heritage is, Elaine's heritage is Filipino, and Irene's is Indonesian, though they were, they were born and raised in Southern California. Um, they felt called to go back to, their, to, that, to those countries and, and work. So they moved to the Philippines in 2008. And working with Light Ministry, Light is, for those that are listening, the Lay Institute for Global Health Training. The, the headquarters is right here at, next to Wildwood Lifestyle, Wildwood's Lifestyle Center. And we are supporting over 50 missionaries around the world that are setting up lay mission schools like this. Here is a picture of Irene and Elaine and the, and the boys when they were a little bit younger. Yeah. Right? Um, in 2008, we started a low mission school, very simple structure. Okay? with open air, air conditioning, and uh, just a, a nice roof and a platform. And we started up a mission school. We had actually the first, the first course that we conducted there, we only had six students. And some people wondered, should we continue? You know? And so we prayed. We said, well, it's the beginning. You know, word's going to spread. If we do a good job with these six, it'll grow. The Lord will, 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 will grow it. And that's exactly what happened. The very next semester, we had full to capacity. Over 30 students came. And it's been full ever since there. They, they've run, they've run um, over 10. I think, I think they're on their 10th or 12th batch, they call them, of, uh, of students they've graduated. And these, these students here are missionaries all throughout not only the Philippines, but Southeast Asia. We have Filipino missionaries that we've trained that have gone to Indonesia that have gone to Cambodia, have gone to Thailand. Filipinos have been very useful and, and helpful because they, they, have Eng they know English well, right? And so with English, they can get around and they can help with a lot of different mission projects. This is Alan. He was our light director in the Philippines for several years, and then he went to work in Thailand. He's been in Thailand for the last two years training pastors with, um, uh, in the health message and also lay people. You know, the right arm of the gospel is so important. It would be foolish not to use it. Sometimes we try to do evangelism with our right arm tied behind our back. But the right arm is the right helping hand. It is the gospel in illustration, right? It is vital for the advancement of our message. And especially you're working in Thailand with Buddhists. You're working in Indonesia with Muslims. We have to use health as an entering wedge. And it's been so successful and it has grown very, very quickly. This is just a couple pictures of our project there. 
farm. Those were pineapples, by the way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> pineapples, bananas, all kinds of fruit trees. We have a little bakery there. And we're building a lifestyle center. This wow. is up in northern Luzon in the Philippines. So pray for that ministry. It's called the Better Way Foundation. It was started really by... The institution was started by Wildwood, and, and, and Light came in and helped establish a school there. They've been doing a fantastic work. And this is another family also living in Southern California in an Adventist. This is not something I, I took time on in the first lecture, but you know, we're, not, we're, we're not called to all live in, these, in, in Adventist cities and, and congregate and make big churches and everything. We're, we were supposed to spread ourselves like the salt of the earth. Okay? And so th this family as well felt like you know, the life in Loma Linda in Southern California was just, they weren't growing spiritually. They didn't feel as involved as they could be. So they left. They came to Wildwood. We're trained as well. They had two young daughters instead of sons, just like the Batistas. They were both Indonesian background. And so they moved to, the, to Indonesia. And our challenge there and the experiences that, that we've been gaining that I want to share about is in using the health message for mus the Muslim world. You know, there are more Muslims that live in Indonesia than anywhere else in the, in the, in, than in any other country. It's the highest Muslim population of any country in the world. Okay? And so this school is designed to train lay people how to evangelize Muslims using the right arm of the gospel. And so we have used similar methods to what we, that we use here. We're just using health as their entering wedge. So it's not, theologically, that's not complicated. You're just ministering to the health. Eight laws of health, it all works the same. Okay? Health expositions, a project there is called the Healing Way. Healing Way Indonesia. These are Muslims. Okay? You can see several Muslims there. We've, 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 up, we've run dozens of health expositions, getting all different kinds of, of um, Muslim, primarily Muslim women that have attended our, our expos. They've received consultations. They've gotten to know Christians on a different level. Because, you know, most Muslims, they think of the Christian world as very liberal and kind of apostate, you know, pork eating, smoking, drinking, cursing, you know, not, you know, they don't have a good picture of it. But when they meet our people and they see that they don't drink, they don't smoke, they don't eat pork, they take care of their health and um, of a higher maybe spiritual tone, there's an impression that's really made and, they, and it's an amazement to them. They're like, oh, I didn't know there was Christians like that. And so the, the, the mind starts opening up, but it's really the health message that kind of breaks that down. You can just sit with a Muslim and, and talk about you know, health for a while, the laws of health. You know, well, we travel around the world and we help people learn to eat better, you know, not, not eating... Um, pork, for example, and they're like, oh, yeah, like, oh, yeah, you know, pork is hor horrible for your health. Will <laughs> 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 we agree? I was like, you know what, you, that's something that you, you really doing right, you know, but even all red meats, you know, and, and meat in general is, is not a nece necessary and even it's most healthy to just eat a vegetarian diet and just talking with them and chatting and making friends, you know, that's a nice thing. Talk about health, it's the entering wedge of the gospel. It's, a, it's an entering wedge to meet someone because gospel work and soul winning work is all about making friendships and connections with people because they want to Christ's method alone will give true success to the work he mingled with the people right? he showed sympathy and compassion he, he, got, he, he gained their confidence first gained their friendship and the confidence and then he bade them to follow him so there's a, there's a process there and, and using the right arm into, to getting that friendship and the confidence to where they're like you know what this person kind of 
seems to have some balance in his life, might, seems to make sense about health, seems to, seems to really have something of value that I'm interested in, and then the ears are now suddenly more interested. So you're a Christian. Hmm. Tell, tell me about this. Who are Seventh-day Adventists? What kind of Christian is that? Right? And the doors open up, and we have Bible studies, and we've had converts from the Muslim faith through the work of the health message. And the church has alerted to it, and they've encouraged us to start a second center. We have two training centers now in, in Indonesia. Where we're, we're training hundreds of, of lay members and pastors on how to use health as an entering wedge of the gospel. This is a lifestyle center that was erected for this ministry. So we're directing people from the expos into the lifestyle center where they receive treatment and a full live-in. Yeah. Is that the Philippines? No, this is Indonesia, sorry. Yeah, there, there is a large Muslim population, and especially the southern Philippines as well, but we've been working most with Muslims here in Indonesia. Just a couple pictures from, the, from that center. Um, but this is probably even more exciting, and I want to I focus on oh this. This is, um, this is Jakarta, Indonesia. Jakarta is about, uh, it's a city of about 9 or 10 million, but during the day, my understanding is that, that there's about 20 million people that come into work in, Indonesia, in, in Jakarta. It's a massive metropolis with horrible traffic. It's, it's kind of a nightmare if you like country living, all right? It's a big place, but it is full of millions of, of Muslim folks. Now, one of our Adventist friends that has been a big supporter of light ministry, her family has, is, is heavy into the palm oil industry, and she's, she's kind of a wealthy business woman, right? She decided, you know what, I want to do something for God. I want to use my money in God's work. And I've heard about the, the health work and the restaurant work and health foods and so forth. She decided to start up a health grocery store. So she, start, she started this, this health food store full of all different kind of health products right downtown in, in Jakarta. She, she's got a few dollars, yeah. So she... But the idea was that this was, it was an investment, but that it was going to sustain itself. Right? Now, tomorrow when you hear Ted Wilson speak, you're probably going to hear him say comprehensive health evangelism. That's one term that he likes. When he, when he's in, with, our, with our crowd, when he has a little more time, he might extend it and say sustainable, comprehensive, sustainable health evangelism. So comprehensive means in very different ways, right? The lifestyle center work, the community outreach, the expos, the this, the that. That's comprehensive. It's all-inclusive. There's a lot of different ways of doing it. Sustainable means this, okay? Financially, how can we make this thing work? All right, the idea we, 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 listened in the la- we read in the last class, we have, to, we have to have the mindset of bearing our own expenses. We have to have a mindset of carrying the work as lay people. And so that means we, we need to consider the finances of, of, of the work. And the health message was directed to sustain the cause. The health food industry especially and the health message was light that God gave to us. You know, in business, you always want to have an advantage. You want to know something ahead of somebody else. He gave it to us 150 years ahead of the time. We should be the leaders of the health food industry worldwide, generating billions of dollars for the world. Well, we we dropped the ball a little bit here and there, but it still works. She st- so she started this health food store, and it is financially sustainable. There's lots of people coming in there and so forth. But then she said, but what do we do with these people? They're just coming in, saying hi, and it's, and it's pretty good, but how can we take it to the next level? So she literally decided to take it to the next level, and she bought the second floor of this, of this building here. She said, let's, let's start a health club up there. And up on that second floor, we're going to have classes cooking classes, seminars, and we're going to start a health club with a local, with our customers, 
they can come and learn how to live healthier. So they would promote the health club in the store, and on weekend they'd go upstairs to the second floor and attend. They had 80 people coming every week. They didn't do it once a month, they did it every single weekend. 80 folks coming, primarily not Christian. Right? And it was going fantastic. She says, you know what, this is good. We're, getting, we're making friends here. We know these people. They know us. We're making progress here, but we have to have a place to bring them. And maybe, maybe um, you know, she's thinking spiritually how to minister. She says, you know, we need to take it to another level. So she bought the third level of the building. She says, let's start a church up there. And so she's got step one, two, three. Okay? Have food store, introduction. Invite them to the seminar, cooking classes and so forth, the health club. Okay? Get to know them a few weeks there, a few months. You know, it's an ongoing relationship. And when the time is right, hey, you know what? We're also meeting on, on Saturdays upstairs. And it would be great to have you come up and, you know, and, and just see, see what it's like, right? You know, just see, see, what, see what the, how Adventist worship. We'd love to have you come. And they've had tremendous um, uh, atten- attendance there. Okay? <laughs> So that worked, this, this one, two, three model. So she decided to buy another one. So she started a second store, three levels, all from the beginning. She got one, two, three, and then she bought a third one. So they've got, they've got three and maybe even four different locations around Jakarta. Every single one of them are having health clubs on a regular basis. And the general conferences even come to visit and observe, take notes of what's going on here because this needs to be re- replicated. Not only just around Jakarta more times, but how about, how about Tokyo, right? How about um, Kuala Lumpur and, and Manila and, and then outside? How about, how about Paris? How about New York? You know, how about where are we going to go? This is, a, this is a thing that can work in any city, right? Bringing them in with a restaurant and or health food store, okay? She, she doesn't have the restaurant, but that's part of the vision as well that, that someone definitely could do. It would be good if she had a restaurant, obviously. Yeah. You know, the restaurant, you can sit down and get to know people a little bit more. The store is a little bit more in and out. So when she had the store, because she only had the store, she felt like she had to have that second floor for the health club. So, yeah, the, the restaurant would be... I would not be in the church if it wasn't for a vegetarian restaurant. You know, the vegetarian... A friend of mine, hitchhiking around Europe, went to a vegetarian restaurant in Basel, Switzerland. And that's the first contact that we had with Seventh-day Adventists. Wow. So, yeah, I'm a firm believer in restaurant work. And, uh, and there's been, I know, I know many other people have been brought in the faith through it. David Ashrick and, and Nathan Renner were brought into the message through restaurant work. Yeah, we need to get one. That's right. <laughs> Absolutely. So, anyway, here's a couple pictures of the health club. So they do, they do activities together. It's a literal club. There's not a membership fee. It's, it's, you can join it, and you get on their email list, and you get here of different events. So they get you know, T-shirts made, and they do exercise programs together, and they do outings, and they just hang out as friends. They're a club. Right? It's not run by the Adventist Church. It's a, it's a, it's a, um, it's a business, really, that is um, it's an entering wedge for people to get to know who these Seventh-day Adventists are. So you can see that some of our missionaries back here, I recognize some of them. And uh, so a lot of these folks here are, are even uh, Muslim. You know, there's different, different types of Muslim and different levels. There's some of their, their exercise programs. So they, they do things together. They make, you know, it's all about making friends. Or Cambodia, where it's, uh, where, where we're starting with training. We're getting a footing there. These are some of our students there that have also been working in, in, in not 
not so much with Muslims in Cambodia, more Buddhists uh, there. But you know what? Let me. Um, while we're on the topic of while we're while we're on the topic of working with Muslims, let me also show you this picture here. How can I do this? There we go. Okay. This is a picture from a country in northern Africa. And um, these banners here are translated into Arabic. So now we're, we're taking the experiences that we had in Indonesia, and we've talked and approached to, the, to MENA, the Middle East North Africa Union, and said, you know what, how about if we get more involved in your area and trying to use health to reach some Muslim folks there? Because, you know, people are the same all around the world. In the same method, it, it works. So, they, so we had an agreement with the with the president of this country. He invited us to come, and we conducted a health expo. Most of, many of these folks here are Muslim. And from here, we then, um, let me see how I can do this, get you the next one. We, we promoted a stop smoking seminar program. And look how many people we had attending. All these guys are smokers. Interesting, here we're getting more men than we were getting in Indonesia. There's more, more women there. And so these, these men are, well, anyway, were attracted to the, to the Stop Smoking program. And five of these individuals were interested in receiving Bible studies from our, oh, from our people in a, in a hidden way. Okay? It's a very sensitive area to work in. And so you have to be very careful. Even people can lose their lives uh, if it's known that they're studying with Christians. And so even when I went to Malaysia one time, um, just the week before I arrived, they said uh, a Muslim had lost his life mm -hmm. because his family found out that he was studying with one of our brethren. So it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a real serious thing working in, in some of these countries. It's very delicate. Okay. So, and now well, we're, back, we're back in this country uh, as, we, as we speak. Well, in fact, I think, I think uh, we, we may have uh, come out last, last week. We did some more programs there, and it's going really well. In fact, we have somebody that wants to be baptized. Yeah. So this is, in a, this is in a volatile part of the world, okay? And ISIS is present there. But you know what? From what I hear from the folks that work with MENA, and um, one of my friends is the, has been the health director there. He said, you know what, ISIS, of course, it's horrible. But you can't do anything against the truth but for the truth. And the more that they spread their destruction, the more it opens up ways for the gospel. Because Muslim, many Muslims are starting to think twice and give a second consideration of, of what's going on, right? And so when we present the right type of Christianity... Right? Like, like we talked about, making the com setting the common ground on some of those areas and then building upon that, building trust and a relationship. They say, you know what? These folks here, giving of their time, giving of their resources, giving, showing sympathy and compassion. And then they, and then they look at the, at the Muslim world around them and many of them are thinking twice. Right? Which one is God really behind? Right? And... Honestly, the, you know, I have not worked in the Middle East. I've worked in West Africa. I've worked in Guinea, which was 95% Muslim. I've done health expos like this as well there. And I was a counselor for... We were bombarded there. We had 500 people coming to our, our health expo. They were pushing in on us. To, 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 and they knew we were Christians. 
Um, they didn't care. You know, they wanted someone was here to help them. No one else was helping them there. And so we'd counsel them, and, and I, you know, I would just say something simple like, you know what, here, um, I was at the counseling booth, you know, we're also promoting trust and uh, the concept of trust in a relationship with God. It's like, are you, do, you, do you pray? Uh, I mean, of course you probably pray, right? And they're like, oh, yeah, I pray five times a day. I was like, that's, you know, that commitment, I always say, that commitment level is really impressive to me. I really, I'm, I'm you know, to pray consistently five times a day. I think that's fantastic. So, but what, what, what do you pray? Like, what, well, there's prayers that we say. And I was like, what language is that prayer in? Arabic. Do you speak Arabic? No. Do you have any idea what those prayers even say? No. Wow. In a way, that's even more impressive. So you're, you're praying five times a day your whole life. You don't even know what you're saying. I mean, wow. I mean, that would be, to me, I'm thinking, that's really kind of boring, right? Uh, what are you getting out of that? It's just, a, it's just an act of duty, okay? So you, I said, well, you know what? Okay, okay. Well, one thing that we're stressing here because we want people to stress levels to decrease. And we found that people that have a relationship with God tend to have lower stress levels and have a trust with God, have lower stress levels. So, um, you know what, we're recommending people talk to God as a friend. And, uh, and it was interesting because one time I, I was counseling these folks and, and this leader, this iman, iman guy with his robe and this long beard, he came up and he was standing right, right next to me. And when I was, and I was all through translation in the French language to the, to the people I was, and when I started counseling, he bent his ear down, he wanted to know exactly what I was saying. Mm. Like he was going to cause some trouble if I was, if I was messing, messing around. So when he was there, I just waved at him, I was like, hey, sir. <laughs> and, I, and I said the same thing, I said, you know what, we're encouraging people to talk to God as a friend, right? And, um, you know, because God loves us. And he wants to be our friend, and he wants to help us through difficult times. And um, you can talk to him in your language. Right? And the guy thought about it, and I could see his eyes kind of rolling around, and then he just walked away. He didn't say anything. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, good. Didn't cause any trouble there. <laughs> but uh, it's a new concept. Wow, talk to God as a friend? Mm -hmm. People looked at me like, never thought about that before. You know, it's like, yeah, you know, God loves you. He wants to talk to you. If you just say a language you don't, you don't even know, how is it? You're not even communicating. Mm -hmm. Communication is a two-way street. Um, so, you know, the, the Muslim world is in great need. And it's a huge challenge. But we have a method that's going to work. We have to come in with health. We have to. You cannot go into these countries with the gospel, with your Bible in hand. You'll be escorted out of the country immediately. <laughs> okay. um, so countries like Morocco, right? Libya, Algeria, Tunisia, okay? Iran, Iraq. You know, some of these countries have, have war in them. Some are a little bit more looser than, than others, but in many of them, Saudi Arabia, if somebody gets converted, they're going to lose their head. Okay? So it's a sensitive work. But we have people that have been baptized in an underground way. Mostly they have to leave the country. Because how, how long can you hide that? If you don't hide it, you're going you're gonna to lose your head. So it seems as though we're waiting for, that, that God's going to break this thing open at some point. Messages getting in the hearts and minds of a lot of people. 
the persecution has to open up at some point so that the message will reach this, this, this uh, one billion people of the world. One-seventh of the world population are of the Islam faith. It's massive. Right. So the health message. I'm, I'm excited about it, and um, we're going to work more there. In fact, we're building a facility. We're, not, we're remodeling a facility. We, we, we're, this summer we purchased a, a house that needs to be fixed up and, and whatnot. It'll be a training center in Bulgaria for training missionaries that will work in the Middle East as, as undercover missionaries. Mm -hmm. right. And it's a partnership with the Middle East Union. They're going to send the students. So the Middle East Union... This is an example of lay ministries and church leaders working together. Middle East Union is hand-selecting the missionaries, sending them to our facility in Bulgaria. We're going to be training them with the light, the light training and, and, and also adding in some more classes on working with Muslims. And we're partnering with some other ministries to do that that have even more experience than we do on a, a more on the religious level, on how to, how to reach them and so forth. And then send them in as, as missionaries. So there's huge opportunities in Egypt and also we just you know we need to set up health pro we could set up a, a health program that gets used everywhere that would be very accepted but we just have to be very careful or they shut it down right? if you get too religious or too open you know your opportunity is gone you're going to have to have to start from scratch somewhere else it's, it's a challenge and you have to be careful you can't you can't show pictures and tell stories of what's happening, really, of where they are, because you, you risk the local church, you risk the, the local missionaries. And so it's kind of a, pr a private thing that has to go on. But the message is going to go to every nation, every kindred, tongue, and people. We, so by faith, we have to just use the tools that God has given to us and keep, move, keep moving forward. All right, let me go back to this other one now. Um, All right. This is a center that's also, in a way, kind of an outpost to the Muslim world. This is in Portugal. And, and uh, Dr. Viriata Ferreira is the director for this ministry. He's got a lifestyle center he's, over here. He's got a dental clinic down here. He's got student accommodations up here, some staff homes. This is a beautiful, beautiful place. Overlook. This is, this is the facility that we we're just looking at. Look at the view that they have. It's really fantastic. So they are working to reach um, the Catholics and secular in, in Lisbon and in Portugal. And they're sending teams every year down into Morocco uh, to do medical work. And it's been, it's been very successful and good. Um, I think I have a picture. This is a picture from, that I was at. We did a, some health expos around Lisbon. This is a picture of Videato here, um, Kim Busel's back here. This is in, in, in Morocco. Morocco is a country, yeah, you can't, you can't convert to Christianity and, and live there. You're, you're gonna, you either have to escape or they're going to they're gonna give you the death penalty. <laughs> so these people have never met Christians before. But with the medical work, they can meet Christians. And, what, and who better than Seventh-day Adventists? I mean, the Baptists don't have this message, right? The Presbyterians, uh, you know, they don't have this message. They're not going into these countries. But Adventists, with our medical work and our health work, we can be there. And we just say, hey, we're here to serve your people with, the, with medical services. That's why we're here. Right? They know you're Christians. And they'll, they'll say, no proselytizing, right? 
no problem. <laughs> so we go in and, you know, we share Jesus by our actions. They know we're Christians. Isn't that, she says, medical ministry work is the gospel in illustration. We don't need to preach. Preach with the actions. And they see what a Christian is. And it really impacts them. And they start comparing. Okay? There's a few of our projects, more that we're, that we're working with. Um, this is a, these are all, th these are ministries that have started in, in just the past eight years. Right, so this, these, are, these are new ministries, and I, and I see that God is popping up ministries in a, in a, in a faster way because he, he's trying to finish this work. This, is a, this was a bed and breakfast. You see this hotel, restaurant okay, uh, in Austria, and an Adventist businessman said, you know what, I'm going to dedicate the profits of my business to the Lord's work. He has a hydraulic company, so he called it the king's business, right? They said, I'm going to live on a small, sacrificial wage, even though he'd be a millionaire with his business. You know, uh, he's going to live on a, on a regular lower salary. He lives in a small like apartment building with a humble car. The guy could, should be, is a millionaire. He gives his money into missions. This property here was over a million euros. He paid for it mainly all himself from his, from his business. And uh, turned it into a lifestyle center and a training school. It's in a tourist area. It's beautiful there. It's really an amazing place. Um, now that's what country? That's Austria. Austria. Yeah, this is where Joel Stapleton was at for, for a long time. Oh, right? They've even got a really nice hydro area. They've got sauna, spa, whole spa area. And this old, like, I like the, they have this old wooden bucket with a rope you pull it. that you pull and it pours water on you and then it automatically fills in from the top. It's really, it's really neat, it. yeah. <laughs> I wish I had that when I was in the Philippines. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is a lifestyle center that started in the, in the late 1990s. This was in Hergalia, Roma Romania. They've got a fantastic lifestyle program there. Um, they, have, they get about 50 guests per session every two wow. weeks, and they're full. They're booked months out. Mm -hmm. Every two weeks, 50 people, 50 people, 50 people. And look at it. It's a short drive, 20 minutes from a city, and they got this beautiful landscape. That's the view from the, from the lifestyle center. They've got an organic farm. They've got a medical missionary training school here. These are, these are dormitories and school buildings here. This is the lifestyle center. Beautiful, beautiful area. In the, in East, and also in Eastern Europe, this, is, this, is, this ministry is called Novi Obihodi. This is in the Ukraine, and uh, th these were, it's amazing, it's an amazing story that there was a whole area with all of these like half-built homes, no roofs, just some walls, and they sold it to us really cheap, it was like $4,000 per lot. So we bought several of them and put them together and made it a lifestyle center, right? And they've got a, an awesome organic farm, they've got a great um, mission school there, and they're tra they've trained. I think they've trained about a thousand people at their place that have gone through Russia and started many other institutions and projects. There are places popping up all over. It's hard for us to even keep up with it because we don't speak Russian and, and, and they don't speak English. So it's, it's, hard to even, it's hard for me to keep up what's going on. They have camp meetings at this place and I think they had 50 ministries, they said, started from, from Novi Obihodi of recent. So they're training people that are going out starting projects, little lifestyle programs, they call these, these things called health, 
health closets, I think they, they call it. It's like a health room, like this room. could be a, like a health room attached to a church. And they do consultations there and some massage, and they just get to know people and talk with them and counsel them about health. They sometimes have lines of people to come. They, they're, they're, they de- Svetlana was one of our missionaries from Wildwood. She, she, she helped with some of these health clubs, and they're doing the same thing in Central Asia. This is a beautiful um, ministry. This is in, it looks European, but this is Zambia, Africa. Yeah. So, Victor, yeah, no, I I know. Thank you. So, this is a beautiful lifestyle center training school. Um, Some of the work they're doing is sending out missionaries to to work in in villages all over Africa. So, the same kind of expo that we're doing in. Tokyo, and we're, and we're doing it in New York, we're doing it with Muslims in the North Africa and Indonesia, we do it in the tribes, villages of Africa, same thing works, just, just using health as an entering wedge. Um, all right, let me, um, because time is, is running out, uh, let me, I want to share uh, a testimony here about this facility. This is a new lifestyle center that uh, some folks from Wildwood went to start in Brazil. My wife is Brazilian, so I go there every year, and these are good friends of ours, and we, we were just there a couple months ago. And uh, this is a miracle story. So um, this is an example of the importance of working together with church leadership, but the need for lay member involvement. This is from the Rio de Janeiro Union. And the Rio de Janeiro Union Health Department director had the mindset two years ago, that he would never work with a lay ministry. Never work with a lay ministry. He had had some bad experiences. He said, never again. And so he was at a meeting, and Dr. Peter Landless was was chairing a a board meeting of all the health directors from the division. They were in Peru. And Dr. Landless says, I think we need to work more with good lay ministries. And he said, who here is not willing to work with lay ministries? And he said, I was the first one to raise my hand. I'm not willing. So, so, you know, and Peter was telling me the story. He, so he pulled the man aside, and through translation, he says, no, why? Why? And he explained all the problems he's had. Okay, well, a lot of those are valid problems. He's like, I understand. There's been some problems. But there are some great lay ministries out there that work really well with the church. And he said, really? Name one. And, and Peter's telling me the story. He's like, Look, light just jumped in my head. I didn't know, you know, I, I just said, light ministry. And, and, he, and, and, the, and the director said, I've never heard of light ministry. He says, yeah, no, it's very good. You, you should try to work with them. <laughs> so he said, well, okay, I'll give it a try. So he reaches out to us, and he says, would you like to come out and do a weekend program and, with us? So I said, yeah, sure, I'd love to. So I go to Rio, and, I, and, I, and he's there, and he greets me. He says, look, I'm, this is unusual for me. I never used, would work with a lay ministry before, but, uh, you know, Peter kind of kicked me and, and told me I needed to do this. So, and, uh, you know, so that's why you're here. Uh, I'll be here listening to you. Um, I was like, okay, no pressure, right? <laughs> and he was kind of like joking a little bit about it, but he was yeah, like, he was, serious. he was serious at the same time, right? So I, I knew it. I was like, all right, yeah, no problem. No, this is going to work. I was like, so anyway, I gave a one-hour lecture on medical missionary work and health evangelism like I've been doing for 17 years. Nothing, nothing new or special or anything. He was blown away by it. He'd never heard it before. He came up to me afterwards. He's like, 
his jaw was on the floor. He's like, I never heard anyone talk about this kind of work, to be honest with you. He's the health director. I was like, really? No. He says, I'm excited. I'm glad Peter talked to me. He's like, I want to work together with you guys. Wow. I was like, let's do it. Great. At the same time, the local conference president was there. He gave the opening prayer. I saw him and he sat over there and he stood up. He says, I want to say something. So he stands up. He's like, I came in here and um, my intention was to give the opening. Someone asked me to give the opening prayer. I was going to give the opening prayer and I was going to leave. I mean, he didn't really want to be at that meeting. You know, he had other things to do. But he's like, but I thought I'd listen to this guy for like two minutes. So then I started hearing him talking about the health message. Honestly, I've never heard anyone talk about it really before. I was captivated by it. It's like, I've got a total different vision about this. I think all of our pastors need health training. Look, this is just, this is just last year. Right? So we're, and, and Brazil, the church in Brazil is the largest in South America. Like the division headquarters is there. This is how kind of far back we are in really fulfilling our mission using the health message. There's just a lack of education. Our pastors are not receiving it in their theology courses. You know, and then just so it just goes up the line. And in, in South America, the health directors are all pastors. They're not doctors. Rarely. It's almost all pastors. And so we start working together. We, he invites us. We do a couple trainings. Last year, they did 300 health expos in Rio de Janeiro, uh, in, the Rio, in the Rio Union. They're very active. Now we just came back. We, and, and it just so happened that the Lord provided this lifestyle center at no cost, free of charge, we opened up a lifestyle program there. We're doing lay training courses here. And just last month, we had every, let me, let me go back to this one here. We had every, this is, this, is, uh, this is me at the union. This is the Rio de Janeiro union here, okay? This is me with the health directors, this guy with the red tie on. This is a doctor from the hospital there. This is one of our light missionaries here, okay? And then um, look at this picture here. This is fresh here. The, the, these are the health directors of every conference in the union. Wow. The, every single one of them came to our light training center, lifestyle center, and they did a, a one-week program there. So they got to experience kind of a lifestyle program, and we gave them classes in health evangelism and medical missionary work. They love it. And so we sat, we had a meeting. I was there with the union health director and every single conference health director. And we, we met for two hours, writing down de a detailed strategy of how are we going to train every Seventh-day Adventist in that union, which is huge. There's, there's hundreds of thousands of Adventists in this. It's a big, big union, over 100,000. Um, so we have, next year, we're doing five conferences. We're going to do health, we're, gonna, we're doing light courses in every single, every single conference of that union. And this place will be a center of the, for that, of the activity for that. Well, sir, let me let me explain one thing. When you're a health director, generally you're wearing you're, you're a health director and you're the stewardship director and you're the Sabbath school director. Okay, so it's just one of your many hats. The the budget is usually zero. Okay, so there's not a lot that really goes on, and you're just one person. Would you and, you, and you're a pastor. So you're supposed to be like the health guy. And usually they're like, who's going to do health this year? So basically it's just a title. It's not really a... It has... It, unfortunately, in, in, a, in a lot of conferences, it is, it is just, another, it's just another title. The, 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 the budget for the union, the union here, is zero. Okay? That's what Pastor Santos t told me. So he just gets his salary, and he's 
But he's also, he's not only health also, he's stewardship too. <laughs> so, so they recognize that they need our help. Now I share this story because it shows church leadership working yes. and a desire to work with lay ministries. Now they have the desire. And in an area that had dissension and independent movements and, and lay ministries that caused trouble, now there's a unifying and a reconciliation process going on that is really, it's really fantastic. And uh, I'm, I'm inspired to see it. Awesome. Lay members working together with the church leaders, using the right arm of the gospel to reach communities. And now this year, we've got big plans, and we're hoping to make an example there that will spread throughout the rest of that division and the world. And the world. Yeah. Thank you, folks, for, for joining the, the seminar. If you've got more questions, you can ask me. Or if you want to write, if you're listening, james at lightingtheworld.org. Our website for light is lightingtheworld.org. Let's bow for prayer. Father, we are so grateful to see how we see a change occurring. And we see, we see that we're living in days uh, and an hour that, that is unique. And that we see that you want to come soon. Help us, Lord, to do all we can to advance your message. We, we thank you for your blessings. We pray for these ministries we've talked about. Talk about the importance of the health message today in this 21st century and the advancement of this message worldwide. Uh, please, Lord, help revival start with us. Help us to stay connected with you. Be willing to go wherever you call us. We thank you for your blessings and we, and we ask for these prayers in Jesus' name. Amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.